This is the Future of Money, a podcast where we hope to educate and get educated about the new world of blockchain and digital money. And my name is Eric Denbor, and I will be your host. Welcome back to the blockchain, the future of money. Again, with us, we have Craig from GoKey. And as promised, when he was here the last time, we will actually start talking a little bit about DAOs and NFTs. If you haven't seen episode five, go back and take a look at it. Uh, and NFTs in real, real estate. So, but before we start, I want to go ahead and let you guys introduce yourself really quick. We can start with Jasper. Yeah, I'm Jasper. Um, I'm happy to be back on the pod. Um, I work for KUAF doing community engagement, and then I do some music stuff and all that good stuff. So yeah, happy to be back. Yeah, you got your own band, right? Or yeah, well, I'm an artist myself, so okay. yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. all right, cool. And Craig, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm Craig, Craig Immel. Uh, I have a project uh, I've been working on building called Goki, um, but uh, co-founder of Blockchain Northwest Arkansas with Eric here, and uh, glad to be here. Great to meet you, Jasper. For sure. Goki, is that is that a is that the building that's like right up the street? <laughs> no, we don't have any buildings. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, not yet. Okay, right, right, right. So, uh, well, we have been talking about NFTs uh, a little bit. Actually, I think we did that uh, in episode three with yep. one guy. So, but uh, those NFTs were more in in the world of arts and stuff like that. But we're also going to talk a little bit about NFTs in the real estate world. Uh, but we're definitely going to talk about DAOs. But before we do that, uh, 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 Lee was with us the last time, mm -hmm. and. Why don't you just give us a recap of GoKey and what it does? Uh, so Jasper is with us, and then yeah. we'll, we'll we'll start talking about DAOs. You and bet, you bet. Uh, you know, twist my arm to get me to talk about GoKey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so GoKey is a project we founded. Um, really, I founded it, but we've got some other people on board with us now. Um, and it was originally set up to kind of address this big challenge happening in the housing markets. And, but really real estate markets as a whole, like more and more just kind of people of average means are having trouble accessing home ownership hmm. or property ownership. So um, I've been in the real estate and construction industries for a long time, but I've also been really interested in blockchain and um, all the various, you know, almost infinite number of applications for it, um, for, five or six years now at least. So, um, But basically what we started coming up with was the idea of like using smart contracts in, in these processes so that, you know, two people could interact um, in a more secure way because, you know, their intentions and their payments to each other and everything's recorded on the blockchain, right? Mm. So um, usually in a smart contract, they're transferring something of value between each other. So making payments, maybe using some type of cryptocurrency or, you know, a classic example is, uh, you know, using a cryptocurrency like ADA or Ethereum to buy another digital asset like an NFT, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the theory being that, you know, if a person, two people want to interact, like I want to buy a house from you um, instead of using like the traditional system, maybe, maybe I don't necessarily qualify through the traditional system because I have a lot of crypto and I have income from crypto that the bank doesn't really know how to yeah. underwrite, you know? So 
it makes sense for two people to interact more on a peer to peer basis. So we wanted to start the idea of creating a system to facilitate that. So, mm -hmm. um, but one key component of it is using NFTs to represent ownership of property in the first place. And mm -hmm. so maybe that can mean uh, an NFT that represents kind of the fee simple ownership of a home, or maybe some other right within that, like an option to buy the house later or uh, a right to live in it for like a year or something like that can be represented by an NFT. Wow. And it can be something, you know, like if you've rented a house before, usually in the rental agreement, there's something that says, you know, you can't sublease the house to someone else, you know, but um, like using an NFT or something, if it's okay with all the parties involved, you could easily transfer the right to use that house like, say you own a house for a year, and you know you're going to travel somewhere for, like, three months. You're like, well, I need someone to take over my lease, and, you know, maybe that could be represented by a token. Anyway, there's, like, just tons of things you could do with all of that. So I've always been really interested in, like, all the different applications for NFTs, aside yeah. from just art and, like, the growing space of, like, music. But, you know, I know you had Focher on and yep. how they're using NFTs to document, like, you know, journalists are using this tool to document historical events and things that are really important, you know, like maybe a journalist witnesses a war crime or something and yeah. snap a picture of it and it's an NFT on the blockchain, can't be changed. It's like Yeah, we did mention the stuff. fact that NFTs yeah. creates the ownership. Yep. You know, so that that's the the really interesting part of all yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many questions. Like <laughs> I, I'm curious, are like how like is is the the contract based like NFTs like are they like becoming more and more recognized like by like lawyers and like by like law precedent if that makes sense you know yeah. what I mean does that yeah. make sense like yeah, if no. we sell a house to yeah. each other and then like I go back and I'm like you know nah I don't want to do this right. I mean it's just an NFT I sign it's not like you yeah. know. It, it, yeah. it, like, is that recognizable? Okay. Yeah. So, like, in, within the U.S., I think, like, four or five states now have yep. recognized, like, basically they had to pass legislation yeah. that says a smart contract can have the same standing in court as, like, a, a copy of a paper contract. Yeah. That yeah. Wow. It's binding. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. you know, it's kind of like, a, you know, it's, it's a hard market to crack in the U.S. because it's state by state, and in the case mm. of real estate, sometimes it's county by county. county. Wow. So it's a very fragmented type of space, but, yeah, that kind of thing is happening. So Is Arkansas one of those states? I don't think they are no, yet. No, I don't okay. think so either. I, I, I haven't read anything. I want to say, either, so. like, uh, Wyoming is one of them. Wyoming, uh, surprisingly to a lot of people, because people think of it as, like, cattle yeah, country like <laughs> and ranching, but they're kind of like uh, – you know, kind of like the Delaware of the West, you know, like in Delaware, a lot of big multinational corporations mm. set up their corporation in, uh, or LLCs in Delaware because oh, wow. it's yeah. just pretty favorable uh, environment to corporations. And sense. so uh, in a lot of ways, uh, Wyoming has worked to position themselves as kind of like the blockchain Mm. Governance capital. Yeah, they're kind of, of the, the forerunners. I want to oh, say. Yeah, they're they're very open to blockchain. Twenty or thirty or more pieces of very specific legislation <laughs> to do help facilitate all these kind of things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, also, I think Texas maybe is is one now, okay. and um, Arizona. Uh, Texas is trying to become kind of a home to a lot of like Bitcoin miners. So yeah. mm. they're kind of getting dragged. Like, yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's kind of just kind of everywhere, <coughs> but you know, more and more states will start to recognize yeah. that. Yep. So. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know you have more questions. I <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I'm trying to think. Okay, so like, if if it's if we're if we're at a space right now where that is, um, like, can can the contract within it be like easily changed as well? Like, I mean, I guess you mentioned that like it could be transferred easily, but like, can the contents of it like? You know, be easily changed. Does I mean, that make sense? Um, yeah, I mean, it can be as long as both parties both parties agree. You know, agree to it for okay. sure. But uh, you know, no no outsiders can change it. You mm. know, and not not one party can change it unilaterally. Yeah, just like a real contract for sure. Really. So. I guess the thing that like that like that like gets me is that like in some ways like this allows for more like ownership like mm -hmm. movement like more like rights to be in like the people's hands right yeah but it also like in some ways like requires a little more trust right like yeah. if you make the contract and like i guess we're creating this contract together it's not like all right you're selling your house to me and it's like right. you've made this like contract and yeah there are like clauses in it that like i don't even know or like i don't you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I even understand how to read contracts? Right, you know what I right. mean? Like, is it, does that make sense? Like, it's, it's like with lawyers, you kind of like trust that like they do all the nit and gritty of like, I think what we're going to see is contract. websites that you go in and there will be checkboxes. And both of you have whatever checkboxes you both have in there will be in the, in the agreement. So, like, so the agreement is becoming more like simpler to like understand so, and yes. like work through, yeah. like to mm. where, to the point where I don't need like, you know, a contract yeah. lawyer. Yeah, yeah let's call it so. user-friendly. Yeah. Ah, you know? yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put so it. So the yeah. contract is, the smart contract, you know, it will have an interface. Like, so the a smart contract on its own, just standing on its own, is just lines of code. Right. And they're, oh, like, okay. hard for people to read and in, normal people to read and interpret. So basically you have an interface that, you know, we say, okay, Craig and Jasper are going to um, – do some kind of deal for this property at this address. Here's like the legal description. Here's the payments every month. Here's mm -hmm. the total payments. And when both sides f totally fulfill their obligations, the yeah. smart contract, you know, be, it's basically a program. So it's programmed to exchange the token that represents the ownership of the house to okay. me at, at the end. So, you know, it, in one way, you know, you have to trust that, the contract itself is like valid and legally uh, binding, but at the same time, like you know, when you sign a normal contract with someone, it's like you can read it all, but like just because you're in a contract with someone and it's on paper and you both signed it, doesn't necessarily mean the other person is yeah, going right. to fulfill their obligation at right. the end of it. They might say, "Well, you know, I'm not going to send you that token now. You know, yeah. take a hike." And so the program automatically sends it to you. So there, mm. you, in some ways you're creating more of a trustless yeah. system. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What does this mean for banks and like mortgage lenders and even like title companies? Like that like the kind of like middle people who's like, you know, and even like real estate agents, like really like, what does this mean for those? Like, do you see that like, those entities adapting to this and like taking it on or do you see like those entities fighting this and like trying to like keep the way that it is now does yeah. that make sense yeah of course so i think you know and what have you seen like so far like yeah so um 
uh, every day, every week, I see interesting developments. So, okay. um, you know, first of all, you know, all those types of parties, the title insurers, the banks, the agents, they all have kind of different motivations and mm -hmm. different roles, obviously. So, um, you know, starting with the title companies, like uh, right after we launched, you know, we started talking with some title insurance companies that reached out to us and they're like, yeah, we talk about this all the time. You know, like there's a huge, uh, I probably won't say their name, but like one of the largest title insurers in the country reached out to us. And mm. they're also one of the largest mortgage lenders. And wow. they, they're known for doing digital mortgages. The whole process is pretty much online and digital. Oh, wow. So they're like, okay, how does this work? Because, you know, one, you know, when you're a title insurer, like a big part of your job is like looking at the chain of title mm -hmm. and like it's, it's almost like a, the original type of blockchain. It's like this person owned it, then they sold it to this person. Yep. There's but a timestamp yeah, and it's yeah, all yeah. recorded, but it's recorded in a centralized location, right? Yeah. So um, it could potentially be exposed to fraud and things like that. So, you know, their their job, and they have a lot riding on this, is like basically they're ensuring that there's not been fraud in the past and that some guy mm. isn't going to come out of the woodwork who says, you know, my family owned this property 20 years ago and they left me out of the will and now I'm going to make a claim against the property. So, yeah. so they're really interested in blockchain technology. That makes sense because it's more like, it's more secure. The, yeah. the yeah. chain is more yeah. secure than it's the, immutable and it's, yeah. and it's visible for everyone to see. So, mm. you know, where the process right now of like, depending on what kind of state you're in and how the state's required to do it or how the processes required to go like it takes time like yeah. it takes yeah maybe seven to ten to two, 14 days at a minimum to research the title and write up the policy and everything so you know that just adds time and friction to the whole closing process yeah. right so um and then you think of like about a real estate broker like they want to just get deals done and get financing help make the buyer and seller come together. And a lot of yeah. times that means helping them find the, the right kind of financing for it. So like mm. if it's a non-typical type of buyer or maybe a non-typical kind of property that the bank is, you know, not super excited about taking as collateral, you know, yeah. so maybe you need alternative or creative forms of financing. So like maybe this could actually help brokers. Mm. Um, the lenders, you know, I'm not really sure where they stand. I think they're kind of trying to figure things out. Yeah. But um, it just yesterday, you know, Goki's compliance manager sent me some links. Um, the FHFA, uh, Federal Housing Finance Authority, which is underwrites a lot of loans. Yeah. Um, basically, they just created a whole office of like fintech innovation, and oh, wow. they're putting out a call for public comment. Like, okay, you guys who are dabbling in the blockchain space that and trying to figure this that, out, yeah, that's super yeah. interesting. Yeah, like I we want to hear, you know, what do you guys? Let's create best practices together. Is yeah. basically what they're asking for. Uh, my compliance manager also uh, is an underwriter at a local credit union. Uh -huh. And um, a lot of the credit unions are setting up these digital asset mm. type of programs within uh, within their businesses. So, uh, you know, one one example, there's a bank in Tulsa, and it's one of the first uh, chartered banks to do this. Like, basically, you can do, like, 
Uh, you can deposit with them, and they can open up a Bitcoin wallet for you, and you can put some of your savings into cryptos. Wow. And, you know, it's right now, you know, Another it's Another like, first. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every day it's something. So, yeah, it's like, Are we like, seeing literally. Oklahoma starting to, uh, you know, <laughs> copy Wyoming here now? Well, it's surprising. But yeah, it, it, it's funny, though, like the bank that's doing this in Wyoming is also has some business relationships with a bank in Wyoming, too. So I think, like, mm. that's probably where... Maybe oh, you mean the bank in Oklahoma in. is connected to the bank yeah. in Wyoming? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's, that's yeah. fantastic. So, I mean, it's it's changing yeah. very, oh, yeah, very yeah, quickly, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, and I think it's probably going to be one of those things where, like, you know, I think you guys were kind of joking about this in the last episode where it's like, oh, email, this is a passing fad. I'm just, why not just write a letter, yeah. you know? And then, like, <laughs> people are like, well, you know, Okay, people might take it, but it's going to take 20 years, you know. But, yeah. you know, now and then no, a few the, years later, everyone. Just in the time that we have been doing these podcasts, we're seeing enormous steps. Yeah, that's you know? 100%. And, and but it's, yeah. Just, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we've been talking a lot about this. And so I uh, let's look at your organization. How how does GoKey work? And we know that uh, you guys are looking into the DAO structure. Right. So let's talk a little bit about DAOs. So follow us. <laughs> DAO it means Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Right. What does it mean? So that means basically <laughs> you have an organization, right? That part kind of speaks for itself. But where the decentralized and autonomous parts come in, it's that this concept that a group of people, think of like people who are anonymous. I mean, on Twitter or like in a Discord server or something like that, um, they can still interact together without necessarily, you don't necessarily need to know who they are. You know, like these people or accounts, they kind of build up their own kind of reputation over time. Hmm. Um, but the decentralized part of it is what's the most interesting. And it really is uh, the idea that you can have an organization, whether it's like, um, just some sort of a nonprofit, a business, mm -hmm. um, something that would normally be organized as a corporation or an LLC, um, which is the opposite of decentralized, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very hierarchical mm. type yeah, of structure. If you want to look at it, it's one of them is like more of a pyramid, yeah. you know, with your boss in the top and then you have everything under there. Yeah. But a decentralized is more like a round table where yeah. everybody has a say. Yeah, it's much flatter, you know. So like you could be a founder, the original founder of a DAO, but then, you know, you might get out there and say, hey, I'm thinking about starting a DAO and based around these different values or this kind of a mission or here's what we want to do or are you interested in joining and then together that group of early founders can kind of help set the initial rules you know like who can join what what does it take to join oh wow and what what um you know what do we want to do specifically so uh but the idea being that like you know a great example is like uh, a sports team. So a group that uh, a partner we have that is setting up some tooling to enable people to set up DAOs easily on the blockchain. Yeah, yeah actually, uh, I, I was watching a, a, a YouTube video yesterday about it's a place called Aragon. Uh, you, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Google it, Aragon DAO. And um, in there, you can actually start creating your own DAO according to the rules that you want to set up. Yeah, hmm. it, it takes a little finagling. So if you're interested out there to create your own DAO, look up Aragon. 
that that's a good start. <laughs> right. So this is like you're literally creating a, like an entity of some sort mm. yeah. with individuals who necessarily don't have to be together but are together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're, That's they're, super interesting. They're just a, a, a community. So yeah. think of it as like an online community that also shares, I'll, I'll use the term bank account just because it's easier to get people's head around it, but yeah. like a, a shared treasury So or a wow. shared crypto wallet. Okay. Yeah. So like no individual person can just spend funds out of that treasury. Like basically... Here, here's a, an example of um, how it could be set up. So basically you have a governance system. So like everyone in the community can vote. Um, just like voting in real life, though, it's turning out that a lot of people are sort of apathetic and sometimes it's hard to get everyone to yeah. participate the way they should. But if you can get the right uh, participation, people can say, look, we want to support uh, this project, we're going to send them some tokens for whatever reason. And using a platform like Aragon or what we're using on the Cardano I'm chain sorry, yeah. called Clarity Protocol, uh, same type of tooling. Basically, uh, there are smart contracts that underline this or under uh. underlie it. So let's say, okay, if if the vote is in favor of doing this, then the smart contract will automatically deploy and will move these funds to this wallet. After you have like two or three signatures on the transaction from within the DAO. And the community itself votes on which DAO members have the authority to sign the contract. Wow. Uh, the uh, smart contract transaction. So, um, but DAOs can be used for all sorts of purposes. So one of the most interesting ideas I've heard, so uh, this partner we work with is a former professional soccer player, and, you know, he's playing soccer, scoring goals. He's like, dude, what if you could incentivize players by, like, every goal they score instantly, like, they get paid, like, crypto drops into their wallet from the team, as opposed to, like, you know, you play so well during the year, and you know, after two or three years, you rene- renegotiate a contract, and mm. no one's really knows what's going to happen. It's kind of like real time yeah. incentives. But he oh, kind of shared this the idea with me for the first time of like a, a DAO that owns a sports team. Mm-hmm. So, and in fact, like a DAO uh, recently tried to buy the Denver Broncos. The Walton family actually ended up like uh, buying them. But um, wow! But imagine like a a community. So like, you know, the Green Bay Packers, right? Yeah. Which are one of the last, they're one of the OG football teams, but they're actually community owned. So like, they're not like a corporate owned team, like the Mm. community owns them. That's why they still have like a small old school field and every, or stadium and everything. But, you know, think about like the community truly having um, ownership over the team. And as a DAO, like fans can be a member and, or you know, if you're a season ticket holder, yeah. if you're just a fan, maybe there are different tiers of membership. You can vote on players. You can vote on uniforms. Yeah. You can vote on what kind of concessions you want to have. And so... That's really interesting. Yeah. That, I mean, that, and that's just one example of something that this ownership type of structure could help facilitate. Yeah, those are all, all I mean, the, the pluses 
yeah. of all of this. There are also some limitations and some drawbacks. Yeah. Uh, one of them is, of course, if you have someone at the top, he will make the decision and that's done. And it can move much faster. With a, with a DAO where you have several people, uh, then you have to kind of make sure that everybody yeah. d- do vote, like you right. said. But also the information comes out to everybody. And you know, when you send an email to everybody, they might not read the email or get to it. At, you know, so you have you have some of that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean the administration's part of it a little bit too. But education and the speed and the, you know that stuff. Yes, yeah. I was gonna ask. Like, is it <laughs> like? I mean, if they're sharing like a like you know some sort of currency, like. Uh, like is that taxed is that like how like i mean how does how does that work if like because normally when you set up like a business or like like that's what my my mind is going like this is like you can like set up a business or even like a nonprofit and like you know like if use these funds to like go create something and like make money off of that and then like can profits be shared like I don't know. Like, how does I like that, that question. How does, yeah. that, how does okay. that work? Yeah, so that's a good question. And I think it's one of those instances where, you know, the technology is pretty far ahead yeah. of, uh-huh. like, government regulation and things like that. Yep. So, um, you know, there are states now where you can pay your state income taxes with crypto. Like, wow. Colorado is one that you can mm-hmm. do that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of all over the place there. So, you know, like an example... So what Goki's uh, DAO is kind of conceptualized to do is to have community-owned and managed real estate. So, like, mm. let's say we were to buy together, like, a 20-unit apartment building. Oh, that's super dope. And we have uh, – so the ownership of the building is spread much more, you know, democratically a, a, amongst a lot of people. Yeah. And that can even include the tenants in the building. So. <sighs> Like, think about, like, if you're a renter in this building, like, I think everyone that's ever rented has rented in, like, kind of a low-budget place where the, like, the landlord is, he makes all the decisions, or she, and, you know, sometimes makes questionable decisions as yeah. far as, like, maintaining the place and everything like that. So, you know, our, our vision is to, like, help fill this gap between, like, either being a renter or an owner and the renters like basically you rent and rent and never have anything to show for it when you walk away. But like if you're a member of a DAO that owns a building or owns multiple buildings, like, you know, you can build up some sort of equity as part of, as a small, maybe a small owner of mm-hmm. the organization. So, um, but you know, if, if you earn some tokens that have value as part of that process and Usually it's when you take them to an exchange and try to cash them out for like fiat currency, like a U.S. dollar or whatever. It typically creates some sort of taxable event. And so okay. it's okay. it's kind of up to everyone to like seek out their own yeah. tax advice mm-hmm. and legal advice on okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's a messy area and it's really hard. You, you know, it's hard to find a good tax guy that really <coughs> understands this. Yeah, one of the things that I've learned a little bit uh, recently was uh, the kind of the difference between tokens and crypto. So crypto is more like, a, you know, money or, you know, uh, but tokens could be more like a, when, when you, here's an example that I heard that I found really interesting was that you go and buy an airplane ticket 
and you fly with Delta, let's say, but then you accrue Delta points. Mm -hmm. And the Delta points are kind of like tokens. Right. Because eventually mm -hmm. you can take those tokens and turn that into something, or you can use those tokens in the form of a DAO to use those tokens to start voting in that DAO that you belong right, to. Right. So to me, that was a very, very good example of uh, the difference between like the cryptocurrencies and the token system. Yeah, token system. yeah. So the tokens can have like a lot of different utilities. Mm -hmm. And like within a DAO, typically... Um, a lot of DAOs will have what's called a governance token. So, like, um, you can have, say, issue a million tokens or whatever, mm -hmm. and you can maybe have a million different members who each have one, or you can have different in individuals or members of the DAO can have different amounts of tokens. Yeah. And a lot of times uh, your, your voting power is tied to how many of the tokens you have, right? So, um, but it can also be, you know, so that can be a, a problem, right? If like one person has 999,000 <laughs> yeah, and, and then you have like 100 people who each have one token or whatever. Yeah. And so you still are kind of centralized. So it's like you have to kind of find the sweet spot between, you know, having like a, a significantly decentralized way of voting. But then you can also have this problem where, say, one person comes in and buys a huge amount of uh, governance tokens. And then I was going to say, yeah, like, can people yeah. buy other people's tokens? And yeah, like, you yeah. can. You know, like, the idea is, like, they're freely tradable. But, um, you know, what a DAO could also do is set up their voting mechanism and their governance in a way where it's not only a function of how many tokens you have, it's how many, how long you've had them. Because mm -hmm. like, if you think about, if you have a thousand members who've been in a DAO for five years, and then you have one guy Coming who in. comes in and buys a majority of tokens somehow, but he's only been there for like five days. Yeah. You know, it kind of makes sense that the people who have been there a long, long time have yeah. kind of more skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the time, the length of time that you've held the tokens can be weighted yeah and and, and how how many votes you have put in and i mean there's all these criteria you can set in mm. in a DAO, like how, how engaged are you in this right, and all right. that kind of stuff so you know someone has been there for five years only has 100 tokens but he votes constantly he is very engaged in the DAO and helps out and all that kind of stuff and then there's a guy coming in and he just bought five thousand. the guy that actually has been there for a longer time actually has more you know crit, uh, credibility so right. to speak right right so it's, it's, it's very it's a, the the thing with the DAO that i find very interesting is the fact that it is decentralized yeah there, there's nobody that is like oh i am the king on the top and i make all the decisions no mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a community thing so even the guy that had been there for five years had 100 tokens and had a lot of Cre credibility yeah. and the five guy that had been there for five days at five thousand, th they both have weight. They have they have something to say. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it, it that is the part of the decentralized organization that I I really like. Yeah. So last yeah. question, and I know we gotta we gotta go, but I wanted to ask. So like if, um, so let's say like I get my like five friends together and we want to set up a DAO. Like, do we come to you with like Hey, this is how much money we have to pour into this like wallet or DAO. Um, here's our list of rules that we want, like, and and then we just come to you and then you set it all up. And is that how it works? Or like, I mean, I would be happy to like help you and share with yeah, you yeah. like what I know about it. But um, you know, ideally, like once 
let's say if you wanted to build this on the Ethereum blockchain, okay. like you would find um, a service like Aragon or, and there are quite a few others where, you know, it's, they'll basically step you through it. They're like, mm -hmm. okay, who are the members? You know, how do you want to set up the treasury? How do you want to set up uh, voting? You know, like, yeah, there's the, yeah, there's several of them, and they have different wallets that you need to have connected uh, to it, mm -hmm. so that they see that you actually have the funding to be part of this. Yeah, and so yeah, there's a whole, and then also by setting up the wallet, it's like okay, you have this amount of this Ethereum, let's say, mm -hmm. but then if you want to get out to it, that actually needs to be sent back to you, or, or yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of, but yeah, I think like you said, look at, look into like Aragon and some other ones. Yeah, that that will help you out a lot. But there are um, law firms like if you're if you're thinking about a big DAO with oh, yeah. a lot of money, like if you're thinking about doing something like uh, Constitution DAO. I don't know if you've heard of that uh. one, but I think it was Sotheby's. They recently auctioned off like an original copy of the Constitution. Oh wow, yes. um, that's true. Yeah. A lot of the bidding got really high. Like um, I think eventually it went for like 45 million or something. But Goodness. some guys got together like, let's form a DAO. Um, you know, you guys all have a lot of crypto. Let's pool our resources and let's, um, you know, let's see if we can buy the Constitution. Mm -hmm. We'll be the first DAO to like to buy something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. Ironically, because all the governance and all the treasury is on chain and fully transparent to the world. It's kind of easy for someone to look and see kind of like what you guys have agreed to make mm -hmm. as a maximum bid and outbid yeah. you. And I think maybe yeah. that's why they actually. That's another drawback. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah there, there's, because of the transparency, yeah. you know, that's in the DAO because mm -hmm. it's right there for everybody yeah. to see. Yeah. But maybe that could change too, depending on, you know, if there are DAOs that are going to be built on different kind of blockchains yeah. too. And stuff. Yeah. So we don't know. Yeah. We, still, we still are very new in this space. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Interesting, man. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. One, one I would, uh, you know, encourage you to look at is, uh, a community-based DAO right here in Northwest Arkansas called OzDAO. Okay. And uh, there's a Discord server um, that we can send a, a link to. But basically, um, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe you would call it a social DAO. There, you know, there are lots of different types. Um, but it's kind of modeled after what we've seen for, like, city DAOs. Yes. So, like, Austin has a, a DAO called ATX DAO. Oh, wow. And um, in the case of OzDAO, it's really, you know, this Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville, Springdale, Benville, yeah. Rogers is kind of several cities yeah. all in one region. But their goal is, uh, and I'm a member as well, so I should say our Same goal. Here. Yeah, <laughs> We good. both are. So um, basically it's to spread education and awareness about Web3 technology yeah. within mm -hmm. the area and, like, help more local companies embrace it and yeah. the one i mean everything from the smallest coffee shops and and bars to art galleries and the fortune 500s yeah so yeah, if you guys out there are interested in learning a little bit more about DAOs and stuff like that go to os dow oz dow and uh it's a discord and you can you can join them and there's a lot of good people in there that can actually teach you more than we can so yeah definitely join them at that note, I think it's time for us to close this. And again, thank you guys for joining. Yeah, thanks. And Bye. we will see you next time. Bye.